Listener Production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath, it is an extreme pleasure to be embarking on this series with you, Birth, Baby and Beyond. You have delivered over 10,000 babies, uh, which is no mean feat. You have over four decades experience, uh, around actually 43 years, as a general nurse, a midwife and a maternal and child health nurse. Birth, Baby and Beyond, why? Because having a baby is the best thing you ever do. It is amazing. It's life-changing. And I want to help new parents through the journey. It's um, a situation where people can be overwhelmed by information. There's so much out there. And it's, you know, some's good information and some is just not very helpful. It can also be a really anxious time for parents. Uh, And Having a baby is changes your body. It also changes your emotions. So through the series, we'll be going through pregnancy. We'll be going through childbirth. And also what happens when you take a baby home? That is a really interesting drive home. <laughs> I mean, who knew it was so complex? So you just actually have the idea, don't you, that you, you find out you're pregnant and you're like, oh, it's amazing. And then you've got this idea that you, you know, you carry for nine months, you go have the baby and you get home and it's all smooth sailing. Yeah. And there's lots that happen. Lots and lots of things that happen. like the nausea for, to start with. Uh, it, it can be overwhelming. And, you know, you, you have to keep going during the day. You need to go to work and, you know, carry on life and some women have other children and and feeling dreadfully ill, like really... Bedridden. Ju- oh, just so sick. We talked to Tiff Hall, who obviously is a, is a professional athlete. She has businesses. She has a high profile. And you know, she talks really candidly with you about her experience, well, doesn't she? Well, Tiff had nausea right through her pregnancy. So it Nine d- months. didn't yeah. So it didn't stop at sixteen weeks when most um, women stop the, the nausea. But yeah, Tiff Tiff did it hard. And then she also had a little baby with reflux. Yeah, yeah. So reflux again is 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 hard work because you've got an expectation that you're going to take a baby home and they just feed and sleep. Feed and sleep, feed and sleep, feed and sleep. Not feed, cry, 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 cry. A little bit of sleep, feed, cry, sleep, cry. It's That is consistent and it's relentless. Kath, you talk a lot about reality versus fantasy. What do you mean by that? So fantasy is everything's going to be fine, no problems, I'm, he- I'm healthy, I'm fit, so I shouldn't have any issues. The reality is, you know what? Some things happen. And going home with a baby, you might have a few issues like reflux. So fantasy versus reality is is, is real. Com- and it's common? It's really common, really common. Why are we talking about this, Kat? Yeah, I don't know. Are we it, perfectionists? Oh, I, well, I think we are, and but that's okay. I mean, it's good to be, you know, it's good to do that. But it, it's about... Um, you want to do the right thing and you want to be seen that you can accomplish this gig um, of parenting, you know, that you've got it and, you, you you know, it's fine. And really what your girlfriends are complaining about, like really, 
I could do that sort of stuff. I could look after a baby. It's hard work. Yeah, right. Yeah, it really is. I but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the, the really positive messages you've been driving home is that you get to the end of the day and you've got a, a healthy, happy baby. Yep. You've done a really good job. Don't worry about the housework. Exactly. And also, it's about having a happy mum and a healthy mum. Really focusing on your own health and well-being. Absolutely, because if the mum's not functioning, seriously, no one does. The baby, the baby doesn't function. The the partner, the extended family get worried. So it's about having a really healthy, happy mum. You know, um, there's so much politics around having children too, which I wasn't really aware of until embarking on this journey with you. One of the really interesting episodes that we conducted was with journalist and author Madeline Morris. She's the author of Guilt-Free Bottle Feeding. And it's it's an episode on breast first bottle. We've spoken to countless mothers who said, you know, I embarked on this journey with the intent of breastfeeding. Uh, and then for a whole bunch of circumstances, mm. they've ended up bottle feeding or mixed breast bottle feeding. Yeah. It was a really interesting episode. Yeah. But, you know, who knew it was so political? Yep. It's polit- it is political, actually, and uh, some some women get pretty mean to other women, which I don't think is fair. Um, at the end of the day, we all do a good job. We all want to look after our baby and be happy and healthy, as I just said before. Breastfeeding is great. We've been there. We've got the message into the community. That's really, really important, and I'm so happy that we've got there. Also, not everyone wants to breastfeed. Not everyone can breastfeed. And women go back to work. And to go back to work, the baby needs to be able to take a bottle. We just have to feed the baby. So if you don't have enough milk, there's no option. You've got to give the baby some milk. You and Madeline really break that down. The politics, um, the background, the history, the realities, and then then also um, the medical, you know, inverted commas, implications or the lack thereof. Uh, A really interesting episode. I also thought what was interesting is we spoke with Virginia Millen and Sarah Caval. You know, two mothers, they've got five babies between them. They're professionals. You know, one's a journalist, the other's a criminal lawyer. Their um, approach to breastfeeding was very different from each other. Really interesting. Fabulous women and both fabulous mums and different experiences. We talk about mastitis. Oh, oh. Jeez, it's like a truck hit you, you know, like it's a, it's it's shocking. And, and you know, having antibiotics. Also, when you have mastitis, you've got to keep on parenting and breastfeeding. So we go through that and that that's a very interesting discussion, isn't it? Oh, well, it is. It breaks down exactly what mastitis is. And for the first time, mum, you don't really know what, no, what it is no. or how sick you can get with it or that you end up in hospital. Yeah. You yeah. Know, as Sarah's experience. Postnatal depression, Kath, you, you've made it a point to really um, delve into this over the series. Why? Well, Brooke, we don't talk about it enough and it's, it's out there, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty common. And I think if you put a scale from, you know, zero to 100, I'm sure everyone has a small amount or Unfortunately, uh, you know... The most extreme compl- case. G- extreme postnatal depression or psychosis. 
just the journey postnatal, the sleep deprivation makes you feel pretty up and down. So, oh, I yep. remember Sarah in her conversation, yep. uh, you know, just so generous with her story. Yes. But, you know, she's a criminal lawyer and, um, you know, she said she's educated, she, she'd previously been a mother, she was a mother, um, and but she said, I didn't recognise my symptoms. Well, well, what she said, which was true, was that she thought that postnatal depression was that you meant to hate your baby and hate yourself where she was in the... Full of love. She was in full of love and, and but still had postnatal depression. So it was really a lovely discussion and um, I hope people hear, hear it and, 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 and I really hope it helps women. Just the, the realness of some of these conversations. I mean, the fact that we don't talk a lot was also reiterated by Dr. Sue Hiscock, who's an obstetrician and a gynaecologist. You really talked shop with her about some of the realities around pregnancy. Both of you combined must have about 80 years. And I mean that all <laughs> well, with all due I think, respect. I think we uh, we really enjoyed, I, I think you were just sitting there watching us, weren't you? Um, it was a great conversation. We talked about nausea and, wh- and why it happens. And didn't, I just love the fact that you were like, you know, go and get a dirty burger and a, and a pack of hot chips. <laughs> that's right. And that, that sometimes is, is what happens. <laughs> um, we talked about that there isn't a perfect pregnancy. We also don't talk about miscarriage enough. So Sue and I did talk about that and um, and why it happens. The statistics were staggering. Yeah, Kath. yeah, they were, and and the silence behind it. Don't you think? Oh well, I mean, given that we've been having babies since the beginning of time, yeah, yeah. you know, the reality is between I think she said twenty three and forty percent of women miscarry. Yeah, often if you have a miscarriage and you know you don't want to tell anyone because you haven't told anyone that you're pregnant in early pregnancy, and so it, it's all. And, and, and women find out that they're pregnant so early these days that um, when mis- a miscarriage happens, they don't tell anyone. And, and then they go through a, a really deep grief. You know, by real, themselves, by themselves, and with, with their, their partners. partners. Yeah, you know that was that was interesting. The the idea that you know don't keep it a secret, share that you you're pregnant, so yeah. that then you have the support. I mean, exactly. that was one of your major points. Yep, exactly. Not everyone will agree with you and and sue on that, but um, I certainly think it had validity. It does help to share that uh, you're pregnant. If you do have a loss, um, you certainly get a lot more support afterwards because you're grieving with your partner. You know, um, so it makes sense to me. Partners have been a theme through this series as well, Kath. You spoke with Premiership winning captain of the Australian Football League, Trent Cotchen, about his experience uh, as a father, as a partner. He was a really young father. Yeah, he was young. And also it was interesting to, I think he enjoyed talking about uh, parenting rather than football for yeah. once. <laughs> um, but also his view on women after watching his wife have two pregnancies and going through childbirth, uh, total new respect. Really flies in the face of that kind of, you know, my my pre-baby body. And, yeah. You know, he puts a beautiful, oh, beautiful spin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a lovely dad, um, and a, yeah, a realist, I think, and uh, and hands on, hands on dad, and also what it's like to come home after work, and even though his work is football, to come home after work and parent, you know, it's it's you to be included, to have a role, to have to purpose. switch off from work and 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 pick up and and continue the parenting. Yeah, Kat, do you think sometimes in um, you know? when we're starting families and we're having babies, that partners do get left out? Not these days. 
I think they're really, really on board. I think they're fabulous, all partners, whether it be male or female partners. Uh, these um, days we've got really total inclusion. It's, uh, you know, they'll come to each um, antenatal visit, um, every scan. I think they're, Hands I think on. it's amazing. Yeah. And I've changed my practice towards the change in the generations. So um, dads 40 years ago are completely different oh. to dads and mums 40 to now. My mum tells this hilarious story. You know, dad says, oh, raising you kids. Mum says, Roger, you'd have no idea. You used to just grab your briefcase and trot out the door and we'd all be standing against the glass crying. <laughs> <laughs> she was left to pick up the pieces. That's he says gorgeous. it's absolute rubbish, by the way. That's right. It was, Roger. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're fabulous. They're, they're really hands-on and um, and want to be part of it. And plagued with the same anxieties as, as expected mums. And, and do get anxious. Yeah. And, and very anxious because, you know, I explained to her partners that their body hasn't physically changed. Uh, even though they, they love the baby as much, their, their, their body hasn't changed. So often they're a voice of reason. Because they the because balance. they haven't got the, uh, the hormones. that hormones flowing around, yeah. And we talked to a psychologist yep. uh, about that. You know the changing relationships as a couple, um, the things that you know as a, as an expectant mum or as a new mum that you go through. Yeah, Demetra uh, Spalas really took us through anxiety and depression too, mm. both with um, uh, through pregnancy, but also um, parenting with anxiety and the effect on the children. Very important well, to think about that. You've got to think about how, how children see you as parents. It gives perspective to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, and also some coping mechanisms, I think. Yeah. One of the, the, the key learnings for me was the idea of knowing your baby. You brought in, uh, obviously, Dr. Brendan Chan. Yes, the gorgeous Dr. Brendan Chan. Who's a paediatrician. He is a baby, he's a baby doctor. So like you, he sees babies every day, yep. all day. Yes. Um, but, you know, you both reiterated the point that as parents, you know your baby. Yes. And you do. You know your baby. And again, I say to so many people, you, the baby can't be sick and well at the same time. And you're the one that's going to pick up if your baby's sick. So um, if they're well and healthy and gooing and garring, they're, they're well. But if they're sick, they'll tell you. But Brendan talked uh, about a lot of interesting things, just when to give Panadol. You know, some mm. things that, that you get, you don't get taught in a in a, a, a parenting class. You both talk very candidly about the photos on your phones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the digital world has really well, opened it up has, a new... and it's really good. Uh, you know, sometimes if um, there's a very odd coloured nappy, um, I might get a photo sent to me, or if there's a rash or something. It is a great way of of helping new parents. But uh, yes, I might share them with Brendan <laughs> occasionally and say, "What do you think?" But, uh, but yeah, you did break down the excuse the expression, but the minutia of of you know different colours, yes. different types, different smells. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and also knowing your baby. Um, you know, if they're if they've got a little temperature, but they're, they're happy, they're doing their own little thing, yeah. you know, it just really diffuses some of the anxiety that that new parents and, must, and must just, undergo. And just teaching new parents because you don't know what you don't know. It's mm. just so important to understand that you don't know everything about a baby when you go into parenting. 
And that's why you need some experts around. Catherine, 40 years, can we talk a little bit about the changes you've seen? I love it during this series when we're talking to people and guests and, uh, you know, that, that, that someone said enters the conversation. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Oh, someone said. Yes. You, you're very keen to meet someone. Some, I'd love to meet someone, why? whoever that someone is, because someone's always wrong. <laughs> someone's always telling someone what what, uh, what, what to do. And, uh, you know, the, the parents are the best people to look after and to help because they want to learn. Um, but that's the problem. They, they listen to anything or anyone, you know, and um, it's, it's, about, it's about teaching good information and common sense, Brooke. You know, mm. it's, it's my mum used to say it's just common sense and being practical, you know. It's, uh, it, it, common it, sense is not so common. I know, but it, it's, it, it's easy to just bring it right down and feed your baby, love your baby, hold your baby, keep it warm and keep it close. I mean, it's that easy. I know it's, you know, that's, that's a fantasy, but it can be that easy. You know, you don't have to put the baby in the cot all the time. It just, and if it's not happy, hold the baby. It's okay. Yeah. Now um, we're, we're confounded by a multi-billion dollar baby industry. You go into any shop and you end up walking out with trolleys or feeling like you need to walk out with yeah. trolleys for. And, with, and do you want fries with that? Oh, right. Yeah. No, it's incredible. Um, we talk about what are the essentials, don't we, about what you actually need. And it's surprising how little you actually do need. Yes. And also um, what you do need, the buying good quality products and uh, Carrie comes in uh, from the Amazing Baby Company and and, uh, just discusses prams, cots, carriers, capsules, car seats um, and bassinets. Really, really interesting. Some pretty... Yeah, practical information. Yeah, really great information. You would think you'd be able to just get a secondhand capsule um, online, that there'd be no problems with that. I really hadn't given it much consideration before. But in fact, if if, um, that capsule has been in a car accident, it should never be used again. Yeah, you don't know it's been compromised. No, no. So... Again, things you don't know that you don't know. Yeah, and yep. in the walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brooke thought it was a walkie-talkie, baby. which was actually baby monitors. Baby monitors. <laughs> yeah, all really interesting practical information. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about that too is buying a pram these days is as actually as complex as buying a car, oh or, or it can be. Oh, there's, I, I, that's why, you know, I thought it'd be great to have Carrie in. It's a, it's actually about what you need in a pram, um, and as as opposed to getting the, the the you know the Ferrari. That's right. Just what actually suits your yeah. lifestyle. Whether you're tall, whether you're short, uh, whether some some prams don't have an adjustable hand um, handle. So if you're you know six foot, you need a handle that actually goes up so you can walk comfortably with the pram. I, and they're little things, but, but they're, they're important. But also hilarious. It doesn't fit through the doorway. She, yeah. I mean, yeah. How ridiculous. Can't go many. In fact, you can't leave the house. You can't, know. Just no. Like, just go in and out. No. And, or, and the weight of the prams too. That was a, that was a, a, a very interesting. Yeah, being able to pull it up the stairs. Tiff Hall even spoke about that, yeah. didn't you? How am yeah. I going to get the pram up the three stairs? Yeah. How do I get it in and out of the car? Does yeah. it fit in and out of the car? Also, you've got women who have had a caesarean section. They can't lift for six weeks. So you need 
you know, you need someone who, who can help you um, do that. Kath, also just going back to, you know, your four decades of experience, you know, um, how have things changed? Because I remember being little um, and, and being put into like a, like a like a lukewarm or cold bath if I was sick and things like that. Not no, they've, they've, it's changed. changed. Yeah, um, I can get onto my parents for a, <laughs> lucky you survived. Gosh, oh my god, how lucky am I that I know, you survived? I know. Yeah, and and that's what's really interesting. Um, helping uh, new mums and when their mums come in to a consultation. It's really important because their mums often say, well, what we used to do. And sometimes, yep, it actually still sticks. But some things are like, no, we've actually done, got the evidence that that's not the right thing to do. Um, So, yeah, cold baths for babies with fevers, no. It's interesting that you've seen so much medical advancement and change, one of the things was epidurals, Kath. <laughs> I think um, what what has been really great, Brooke, is teaching you too. <laughs> uh, Brooke's eyes have just got bigger and bigger over this journey. Uh, Lowest common denominator. Uh, I know nothing. It's, no, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, and when I explained to Brooke that we used to give women heroin in labour um, in, in the set, right up until the sort of early 70s, Needed mid-70s. Needed to call a paramedic. Uh, I nearly fell off my chair. It really, it really, she thought we were going illegally and, and getting it down down the street. Um, but, uh, but Epi- you know. Epidurals weren't uh, like what they were. No, they weren't. And uh, then the the hangover from heroin, it was pethidine, which is still given in labour, but that goes through to the baby. And now the epidurals are magnificent. So women can have a pain-free labour. They can feel the pressure of the baby's head so they've got the uh, understanding to push and they can participate in the labour without having that chaos of pain. Now, that suits women and that's okay. For women who don't want to have it, 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 it it's okay. But a lot of women do. And it, again, it used to be quite a shame thing that, oh, you had an epidural. Well, couldn't you um, go through labour without any pain relief? And in all sorts of surgery, we have advanced in um, anaesthetic. So not only childbirth, and we have to move along with, with the times. Women are allowed to have an epidural and they recover well mm. and it doesn't affect the baby. Baby. I remember being told that the epidurals were a needle that were like a, a like a meter long. Sure, you could have it like they could affect your spine. Yes, does do people still come well, with those? Yes, they questions? think it, they think it's a huge needle and you're going to be wheeled out of labour ward in a wheelchair. You know, paralysed for the rest of your life. Now. You know, it's the the men and women who give epidurals are experts, and that's what they do for a living. So they know what they're doing. We really break that down. There's also we we spoke about you know the the debate between bottle and breastfeeding, but there is also that huge debate about to have epidural or not, to take drugs or not, natural birth or not. Yeah, and well, we really break that down too yeah. as well. And also, again, some women want um, an elective cesarean section. Everyone has a different view. Everyone has a different choice. It's okay. And birth plans, Kat? Mm. Um, birth, pla- <laughs> <laughs> birth plans. Birth plans. What uh, are they? What are well, they? Well, it, it's sometimes they're, they're, they're a wish list of what women want to happen in labour. And again, what we said earlier, the, the fantasy of what labour is, is one thing, but reality is quite different. I don't like the fact that 
that they've got a plan. It may set women up Ex- to fail. Expectations. You know, and, and, but that's been the point, isn't it? Yeah. Like our, our fantasy sets us up for failure. Yeah. Which makes from the get-go we feel like we're not doing the best job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's... You know, we keep saying happy mum, happy baby, both healthy. That's all we want. Winner, Who's winner. going to ask? Who's going to ask if you, you know, had a normal delivery or if you breastfed? It's not It's not sort it's of not tattooed a, on you. No. Is it important? What is that on your head? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have been the greatest delight to work with. You're fun, you're knowledgeable, you're informative. You have a plethora of information to share with us through this series. And so for first time parents, grandparents, even if you're, you know, going for your second or third child, and you're wanting to know more, I hope you'll join us on Birth Baby and Beyond. And everyone remember, you're doing a really, really good job. Yeah. And your baby's beautiful. This has been Birth Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. Listener.